Hi, this is Nastasha. And this is Felicia, and you're listening to the Yogi Confessions pod. This is our second episode, and uh, real quick, wanted to let you guys know um, the beautiful music that you hear um, at the beginning of our show is from the artist Lark. Um, She's a local artist here in Virginia. She's a singer, songwriter, producer, and she's an amazing yoga teacher. Um, And the song is called Pendulum, and it's from her new album, In the Flow, which you can find on Spotify and iTunes. Um, And you can also find her on Instagram at at Lark Yoga Music, all together, Lark Yoga Music. All right. And today, how are you, Felicia? I'm good. How are you doing? How's it going quarantining? (laughs) Uh, It's going. (laughs) Yeah, te- technically we're on spring break this week, so yeah, nice little break from the homeschooling. Awesome. Spring break from home. So on this episode, everybody, we have Christine Griggs. She is an ERYT 500. She is also a lead yoga teacher trainer. Felicia and I were blessed to have her as our lead trainer when we did our YTT. Um, She's also the author of Yoga with a French Twist, A Journey Through the Chakras, which is an amazing book. You can find it on Amazon. And welcome, Christine. Good to be here with you. Thank you so much. It's a a great honor to be your first guest. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, well, thank you for agreeing to do this with us. We really appreciate it. It's really exciting. Yeah, we're so excited. And so exciting. And I just realized, I just looked at the date, and I realized that tomorrow... April 7th is a year since we graduated our training. Oh, my gosh. That's perfect timing. I know. I can't believe it's been a year already. Wow. Talk about divine guidance. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. I was like, oh, my gosh, tomorrow's April 7th. And look look how much much you've accomplished in this year. I mean, it's pretty incredible. You have your own podcast. You know, your yoga careers are doing great. Well, we learned from the best. <laughs> Thank you. I yeah. appreciate it. <clears throat> um, so my first question for you, Christine, is um, how were you introduced to yoga? Uh, well, I, I, I don't want to date myself, but I was born in the 60s <laughs> and uh, I grew up in college and um, actually didn't hear about yoga until... I was in my 30s, 40s, and, you know, I heard about it. I wasn't sure what it was. Um, and then um, about 16, 17 years ago, I went on a spiritual quest uh, with my best friend, and we started by exploring Christianity. And then we realized that um, Christianity had a lot in common with Eastern um, spiritual traditions. So we went into that, and, of course, yoga appeared. Yoga was there, and and Buddhism, and meditation, and I was completely fascinated, because um, I was, you know, I was raised Catholic, and I love my Catholic faith, Uh, I talk about it in my book, you know, my grandmother, just taking care of the church, she taught me so much, she taught me about devotion, and and just unconditional love, but when I discovered yoga, I discovered the freedom of of spirit, of, of exploration, and what I also discovered was that the physical didn't have to be separate from the from the spiritual 
because I could do the yoga poses. I could move my body and exercise because I, I used to, to run a lot. I used to run marathons. And uh, so I discovered uh, the poses. And also as I was doing the poses, uh, I was also having a spiritual experience. I was also becoming really uh, connected to to my soul, and and I felt I felt a deep love for uh, the people around me. So uh, that's how I discovered um, yoga. And then uh, one day, and I, I was not taking classes; I was just practicing on my own. But one day, I went on Fort Eustis. That's a local army base close to us, mm-hmm. and I saw I'd, I'd been going to that to work out at the gym there for for months actually for years and for the first time I saw a little sign saying free yoga classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays so I was there the next uh, Tuesday and I discovered uh, yoga uh, in the person of a gentleman who looked like Santa Claus his name was Craig (laughs) and I talk about him in my book and he was very slow the way he taught he always taught the same poses but that's really what I needed to come into yoga. And uh, mm-hmm. then I decided to become a teacher. And um, then it just, I mean, as you know, when you start doing yoga, it just grows. It, it has a life of its yeah, own. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I took my 200 because I wanted to share. Just like you, I remember in the teacher training, you were saying that I just want to share because it, it's it's just an amazing practice. And I took my 200 with integral, Swami Sachinananda's integral yoga. And then right back to back, I took my 500 with Wolf Gates Vinyasa training. And I started training teachers. And that's the story. I, I always tell my students, I don't know if you remember, I always say yoga is not an end in itself. Like when, mm-hmm. you, take, when you take a yoga teacher training, it's not just to be all about yoga it yoga just brings you into into your true gift uh it's so much more than that absolutely Mm -hmm. so how long were you practicing before you knew that you wanted to be a a yoga teacher i think about two years and people were telling me you need to be a teacher you need to be a teacher and you know you're like (laughs) i don't know i don't know and at first yeah yeah you know that (laughs) I just wanted to share at first without getting paid, you know, so I started teaching for free in my church. And uh, and then it grows because I really feel that once once you realize that yoga is, is just a tool that helps you to to, uh, to to follow your dharma, a dharma is your purpose, then as you the flow and the momentum, I really think that's what yoga is. It gives you an ease of living. It gives you an ease of... Uh, of being and um, it mm-hmm. creates its own flow. Um, yoga, yoga is flow. <laughs> For sure. Um, you said, you said earlier um, that for you, you were on a spiritual journey and you felt really connected, you know, spiritually with your physical body. What part of yoga do you think, when do you feel like that spiritual the most? Like what about yoga like really connects you to the spirit? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I, think, I think it depends where we are. It depends, uh, I'm sure, as you know, from your own practice. Uh, and if you, you know, if you know the chakras, some days I just mm-hmm. need to be grounded. So when I need to be grounded, um, that's, this is where yoga is going to take me. And 
because I believe, you know, in the chakras, everything is spiritual. Being grounded is spiritual. So some days I need to be grounded. And that's what my, my spiritual practice is going to be. It's going to be um, doing more poses, you know, more warriors, more balancing, maybe practicing outside. And some days um, my practice will be more maybe about meditating. Uh, so that will, that's the way I will... I will um, awaken my spirit by by just maybe not doing so many poses, but just being still, because I believe spirituality is, is in everything. You know, uh, um, that's why when when we do our flows, where we do our yoga practice, it, it's spiritual. Uh, we make it spiritual by being present in it, by by being completely uh, uh, present and mindful. Did I make any absolutely. sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Definitely. Absolutely. Um, and as far as teaching, what is your favorite part about um, being a yoga teacher and sharing yoga with others? Oh, gosh. <laughs> there are so many different parts. Oh, my gosh. When I started, I was a vinyasa girl. I just love the flows, and I still love teaching the flows. I mean, I, I just love it. Um, and then I uh, meditation. And I talk about it in my book. Like, I was a meditation hypocrite. I would tell everyone, <laughs> oh, meditation is wonderful. It's going to connect you with the divine and blah, blah, blah. And I was reading all the books. Oh, my gosh, all the books on meditation that I read. And I still had trouble. I, I couldn't sit still for five minutes. And I'm sure you, you've had, you know, you've been through it. It's, it was really hard. <laughs> and and uh, then I went to visit. I'm like, let me go to the professional, the Buddhist monks and I went to see the Buddhist monks right across the bridge from where we live. And you've been there with the teacher training. And, and they told me to meditate. So meditation is a very important part of my, of my yoga practice. And so vinyasa, and I still love vinyasa, but uh, I, I teach less. I used to teach so many vinyasa classes. Now I don't teach that many. And uh, I kind of let go of some of them. Uh, medit- I started teaching chair yoga because I was teaching private classes and I realized that some of my private students could not do vinyasa. They could not do the down dog. So I kind of designed a chair yoga sequence and um, I teach lots of workshops on it. And I've really fallen in love with my chair yoga students. They are so, they are so much fun and they are very faithful and they're dedicated. And um, uh, I also like yin yoga. Yin yoga is one of my great love too. It's when you hold the poses longer. So was I supposed to just say one? I said four. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. Just, you know, if you could pick one thing, like maybe a feeling or something that, that teaching gives you, your favorite part about teaching others. Oh, um, not necessarily like the style because we know that you do it all. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. I thought you wanted yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, no, you're, you're fine. Totally you're fine. fine. There's no yeah, wrong answer. There's no wrong oh, answer. my favorite part about teaching uh, I think yes. uh, connect connecting to to the people and seeing seeing how it changes them, it transforms them, uh, not into someone else. You know, it doesn't transform them into a pretzel or a gymnast, uh, but mm-hmm. it transforms. I don't know. There's like uh, uh, they become more themselves. Yeah, almost. like exactly. Yeah, yeah, they become more themselves, mm-hmm. and their posture yeah. too. Uh, their posture. They have a better posture, and they realize that it's yeah. They, yeah, know, I think. I feel like, I mean, I'm, I've only been teaching for a year, but I, I like seeing like the progress in their confidence from week to week. You know, I can tell 
you know, when, and my students, the buildup, they're, they're just more confident the way they, you know, walk into the room and interact. They're just, I love seeing that change. Yes. Yes. It, it, it's wonderful yeah. too, because as we always say, we are just uh, guides, right? We, we're not really teachers, we're guides. We guide people. Uh, we guide them to, to, to their true self. Uh, it, my favorite, one of my favorite yoga yeah. quotes is in the Bhagavad Gita, and it says, yoga is a journey of the self, to the self, to the self. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, Christine, I, I thought about you um, recently. I took my, I mean, I've always really loved vinyasa as well. Um, but I, I took my first yin class, um, maybe a, a couple months back. And I just remember thinking back to our teacher training when, you know, you would always tell us, you know, you might have an emotional experience, you know, especially if you, you hold pigeon, yes. like a lot of times people will find themselves, you know, crying <laughs> or like just really in their thoughts or whatever. And I just remember thinking all of class because I'm just I'm not a super like mm -hmm. outwardly emotional person. Um, and I was just like, what is she talking about? I've never experienced anything close to this before. I was like, maybe I'm not spiritual enough. I don't know. But then I went to this yin class and we were holding these poses for like five minutes per side. And I literally almost broke down in tears. <laughs> I was just like, what is happening to me? And it just like, it made me think back to like our teacher training and I like, in the middle of all of it, like put a smile on my so face. But <laughs> that's a that's big um, coming from you because you never cry at anything. Oh. <laughs> well, I I didn't I did not almost cry, but like I definitely I was definitely very close, and I was feeling that emotion like coursing through my body, like from head to toe, and I was like, oh my gosh, am I like experiencing yoga truly for the first time? You're like, like this is what, what Christine is was talking about. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I had my aha moment, and it just made me think of you, and I just thought I wanted That's to share that with you. You remember the koshas, you know, the different layers yes. of being and poses, and, um, you know, we don't always feel uh -huh. the, the uh, Ananda Maya kosha. We don't always feel it, that bliss, which is kind of letting go, and sometimes it makes us cry, to, yeah, and tears of joy, or where your tears, tears of pain, of physical pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was it from holding the pose too long? It, or? it was... <laughs> Yeah. It was somewhere in between, <laughs> but I, I have really tight hips, but I just remember I texted Nastasha afterwards and I was like, I think I might've finally just had my first <laughs> oh my emotional God. yoga moment. That's big. <laughs> that is major. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I remember um, mine too. Yeah. That's big. I'm glad. Oh, tell us about yours. This class, I had been doing yoga in his class for about uh, eight months. And we were holding um, Janu Chirshasana, and I'm, th those seated forward bends just kill me. I mean, I have tight hamstrings, I have tight hips, and um, they're always easy, and I always struggle, and I probably always make silly faces when I pain, faces of pain <laughs> when I do it. And there was that, uh, that guy next to me. I mean, he was taking all the classes as well. And then I heard him say, wow, Christine, you really let go this time. You were like, you were like completely into the pose. And I, I realized that I had not been struggling in that pose. It's kind of, I, I kind of forgot I was in the pose because mm. before I was always in pain in it. And that was my big aha moment. I'm like, it will happen when I finally let go. And yeah. 
Absolutely. Because instead of thinking so like, true. okay, when am I going to get out of this pose? Like when is the teacher say, you know, going to say mm-hmm. we can get out of this pose? Because um, a lot of times that, you know, that's what you're thinking, if, especially if it's a pose that's not your favorite. And then, like you said, when you just let go, you yeah. just, you know. That's the big lesson. Yeah, let go. And ease, ease. Yeah, I think yoga is ease. If we struggle, and it's okay, you know, until you find your edge, it's okay to have a little bit of a a fight with the pose or with yourself. But there's Mm -hmm. a point where we get to the edge where the struggle needs to end. Uh, That's when we reach yoga, I believe, when the struggle and the striving hand ends. Um, Yeah. Absolutely. Um, So we definitely want to hear about your travels, especially your recent trip to India. So if you could tell us a little bit about that, we would love to hear. Do we have stories? (laughs) (laughs) Just maybe your favorite parts. Okay, Okay, my favorite part. Well, uh, it was my second time in India. I went last year to South India. And this year it was North India. And I go uh, with Andrew Harvey. Andrew Harvey is a spiritual teacher. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's very intense. Mm -hmm. He's a visionary. He's all about spiritual activism. He loves the earth. He loves the animals. And he's very passionate. He's a great teacher. And there are so many moments. But uh, let me share just one moment that I had with him towards the end. Because um, he always gives me like those nuggets of wisdom that I always look for. So we'd been on the trip for like over two weeks. And then we were in Baranasi. Um, it's also called Benares. It's the oldest city in India. And they say it's the oldest city in the world. And uh, it's wow. on the banks of the Ganges. And when you see pictures, you know, of, of, of burning bodies on pyres and you see the, the people uh, bathing in the Ganges, that's usually where it is. And we took uh, a, um, uh, a boat ride I won't, yeah, on a rickety little boat, uh, all, about 25 of us. Um, <laughs> and we were on that boat and we had candles in our hands and we were putting those candles in the Ganges. And then I was sitting next to Andrew and um, we started talking and um, he said, so, you know, how was this trip, Christine? Have you enjoyed it? I'm like, oh, it was great. And I'm like, I-, I have a question uh, for you because Benares is, it's wild. It's colorful. It's busy. It's dirty. It's, it, you have palaces next to people in rags and cows and cow poop and, you know, and sand <laughs> and that dirty river. And, uh, and on the other side of the Ganges, you have a desert and it's foggy. So you can't really see past that desert. You feel like you're at the end of the world, really. So I told wow. him, it, to me, it's really weird. And at first it kind of scared me when we got there. I really felt we're at the end of the world because that's where people go to die in India. They go to Benares to die because it's a holy place. They want to die close to the Ganges because the Ganges River is called the Holy Mother. They call her Gangaji. So I'm like, Andrew, it's really strange to me. On this one side of the river, you have everything. It's, co- it, you have, it's complete chaos. You have everything. And then on the other side, it's a desert. And then he looked at me and he said, well, and it, oh gosh, I want to cry when I hear that. He said, Christine, this is because on one side, you have everything. On the other side, you have nothing. And in between the two, you have Gangaji, you have love, the river of love, mother love. And I was like, wow, that's that's the story of life, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Love, love connects, love connects everything. Like sometimes, you know, in your life, you feel like you have it all. I mean, you're so happy. I'm, and then 
some days you feel like you have nothing, you're so depressed. And I know lots of us are feeling this right now. We feel Absolutely. like and uh, that the mother mm-hmm. love, the divine love, that's what flows in between. That's what connects everything. And uh, I want to I want to cry just thinking about, you know, that he, he gave me this beautiful answer. And I told him, wow, that's exactly what I was looking for. And he looks at me and he goes, not bad from a from an old uh, um, decrepit Englishman. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean that's the, wow that's amazing that's that's to me that I know we went to the Taj Mahal and everything but to me that was the moment that was very precious to me um yeah so that's really really beautiful um so when you travel because I mean you travel a lot you've gone all over the world and it seems like you've been to many many countries do you think yoga influences, you know, the places that you uh, choose to go uh, um, a lot? Like, do you a uh, lot of spiritual trips? Every place or... I go, I learn a lesson. I learn a spiritual lesson um, because, you know, mm-hmm. yoga means just connections. It means connecting. So everywhere I go, I love to connect to the people. <clears throat> I love to connect to the tradition. So um, let's say um, last year we... We went to Iceland. We went to Northern Europe, and we spent about a week in Iceland. And um, a t- places that were just desolate, and and I would just still there, you know, and and meditate for a couple of minutes. And um, because I mean, to me, yoga is really when your whole being is present. So I think. Yoga to me, what what I take in my traveling is be trying to be present, completely present in the mo- I mean, in the moment. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, where do you think your your favorite place that you have been to would that be India or is there another oh, like another place that's my your favorite? favorite? Kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on, we all have one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh come on, there's always uh, that one. You don't want to admit oh, it, gosh, but there's always hot. that one. <laughs> well, I have a country that's really dear to my heart, and I talk about it in my book. It's like the first. I mean, I've been to other a few other countries in Europe before, but it's Norway. Uh, I traveled to Norway by myself, you know, before you had any cell phones and I could, you know, I couldn't afford a, a flight, a, a tickets to uh, flying. So I took the train for three days and three nights from from France all the way to uh, northern Norway. So this place and we went back there last year and Norway has a special place in my heart because nature is beautiful and the people are so nice and so authentic and yeah, I, I mean, I, I hate to pick a favorite, but Norway has a special place place in my heart. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing. All your travels are amazing. I highly recommend everyone follow Christine <laughs> on social media so you can live vicariously through her as she travels around the world. You have, like, the most amazing photos. I love always, Seriously. like, looking at your photos from your travels. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so tell us about your book. We've talked a lot, a little bit about it, but I just want the listeners to know, um, those who haven't read it yet, um, a little bit about it, maybe what inspired you, um, what first inspired you to write a book, um, and then what, maybe what the chakras mean to you. Okay. Uh, I've always wanted to write. Uh, and you know, when I was telling you that yoga is 
not an end in itself. It, it connects you to your purpose, your dharma. Yoga connected me to writing because I've always written. And, um, and I, was, I was writing with a friend and I, I was writing and writing. And it was kind of, a, I never had the time. It was a struggle. I was actually writing a sexy uh, novel that takes place in France. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have about 150 pages. Well, what a turn. You know, I never could find the time. And then I'm like, you know, you always have time for yoga to prepare your classes and your workshops and your training. So I should just write a book about yoga. So I started writing. Uh, and then I'm like, I love the chakras. Uh, I'm very organized. So I'm like, I'm going to organize my book, seven chapters, you know, one per chakra. And I will tell stories to explain the chakras because in the trainings, people often have um, questions about the chakras. They can't really relate to them. It's like, what does that mean? Okay, that means, you know, the solar plexus. What does it mean? My center. My... So I'm like, if I, if I tell stories to explain the chakras for my life, maybe people will understand better what they're about. So that's what I did. Uh, I wrote the book and um, yeah, and I, I self-published it. Uh, I didn't really want to go. I, I was af not afraid of rejection, but I heard from friends that it takes years and years and years to be accepted. And then they published the book. I was ready to publish the book then. So I self-published it. And I mean, it's doing pretty well. <laughs> but um, yeah, the chakras to me are just, it's an organized map that really helps us how to live. I don't know if you feel the same way, but it's, it, it's so it's so real and so relevant and so practical. Absolutely. And the way you connect connected it, you know, with your life, it made it so relatable to our own, you know, to whoever's reading it for the readers. It makes us relate the chakras to our lives rather than it being a foreign concept, you know, um, and it being like so uber spiritual that you can't really wrap your brain around it. It was very def it was definitely like a very understandable read for anybody. Anybody could pick it up, even if they're not yeah, well versed what, in what, yoga and the chakras. Thank you. That's and, what I wanted sure. to do too. And I, I really end, enjoyed you know, it. I have a, a, a few pages with the uh, explaining each chakra, like you know what what sense it is and the qualities when it's out of balance and all of that. And then I have a relaxation. Um, and what to do when that chakra is out of balance and then I have a meditation that I heard I mean lots of yoga teachers are using them in their classes so yeah I wanted it to be a, a tool um, something to help to help others um, you know understand the chakras in a real way <laughs> I, re I really like not only that the stories but the way um, you set it up so that you can always refer back to it like oh and you know I need to about feel like I need to balance my root chakra and then I can refer to the book with the suggestions and the meditations that you have in there which is really nice thank you yeah I, I refer I refer to my own book when I want to when I <laughs> the other day I'm like what is it again when you are, um, uh, um, when you feel uh when you feel anxious is it the root chakra or is it the the solar plexus chakra so I went in my book and checked <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because I read, I, read, I read many books, you know, I read many books and I took from them, you know, I kind of made a compilation of, of what I thought uh, touched me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like I said, I, I really liked it. It's definitely a really yeah, great, which one, really which one great was your guide uh, map. Which one was your chapter? Uh, <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. Um, honestly, I mean, I got through the whole thing pretty quickly. I I need to go back and read it again because it's probably oh, I, been I like know. a year I read since I read it. I got it the whole thing. Um, like, but I <laughs> literally. I know you too. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I think I think mine um was yeah. Yeah. the solar plexus um because uh, oh, yeah, or I'm yeah. sorry, not the solar plexus, the the sacral. And again, um, going back to um, our yoga teacher training, the first night that we were there, uh, you had us pick a candle blindly yes. out of mm-hmm. a, a basket, yeah. I believe it was. And, um, and you said that you believed that whichever candle that we picked, um, they were all colored and scented yeah. based <laughs> on um, the different chakras. And, and you said that you believe that our you know, our inner spirit would just pick knowingly the mm-hmm. candle that, you know, we needed in our life. And um, I picked Ooh. the the sacral chakra candle. And um, after reading your book, oh, I was like, God. dang, she was right. <laughs> she was right again. <laughs> so I just thought like everything is kind of connected. And so I think uh, that was probably my my favorite yeah. about chapter, you, chapter two. I think as far as um, the chakra, the way you explained it, which I related to the most in the book, which sometimes I have issues with, is the third, the third eye chakra. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess just um, not trusting myself sometimes, mm. um, you know, just going back to like things in the past or... Um, or even physical things, you know, I used to suffer from a lot of headaches a lot. I had chronic mm. migraines um, and stuff like that, which I know is related to um, yeah. the third eye. Um, but just, you know, I think not not like a blockage, but I think that's the chapter that I, I really connected with the most because I saw in myself that that's the, the chakra that I need to, to work with at the time. Yeah. Um, intuition, you know, trusting my own intuition and my own wisdom and things like that. So I've been working on that in the past year. <laughs> I know. I, I, and, you know, that that's that's a hard one. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, when when it's finally going to happen, when you when you're going to get that clarity, it's going to be so amazing. And I'm sure you get glimpses of it. I'm sure sometimes mm-hmm. you're like, wow, how come I know that? Or that feels so clear. So. Uh, it, it will happen. It, 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 it will happen, and and it's going to be amazing. Um, this is, I mean, I always, you know, when I lead people into meditation and relaxation, I say visualize a little gate in a, in the middle of your forehead, and just open that gate. So maybe that's something you could do. You know, just close your eyes, visualize mm-hmm. that gate, and then just walk through the gate and let it guide you. And, um, Absolutely. Yeah. I have been working on it because I, especially in the last couple of months, I've, you know, we started this podcast and I'm teaching on my own and I'm finally kind of trusting myself, you know, and just yeah, going, you know, kind of going for things instead of, I don't know, being too scared or whatever. I know you. I know. Um, so maybe it's opened a little bit. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. And sometimes, you know, your third eye is open, but maybe it's the lack of confidence comes from the uh, the solar plexus um mm-hmm. yeah but i mean it's 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 a it, it's a flow i mean it's a flow some sometimes 
we, we, we feel a little stuck somewhere and it's a constant flow. That's what pe- people think that, oh, okay, I'm going to open all my chakras and then I'm good to go for the rest of my life. No, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, they, I think it's, I, I feel like it's a constant Oh yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, flow like you know. Some days your third eye maybe it's fully open, yeah. and then you know you need to work on your root chakra. And then another day, I think it changes absolutely depending on what you're going through in your life and exactly. Like yeah, that. chakras are just you know they they they're here, but just knowing about them is a way to to help our life. And uh, it's not about getting the perfect chakra record. <laughs> It's a, it's, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's a journey. That's for sure. It's a dance. It's a dance. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, do you think you, you have sure. like an excerpt from the book yeah, that you do, might want to read for the um, listeners? Do you Maybe have your one, favorite you have, chakra? Uh, I mean, or? I picked, um, I picked one, but I thought I would read, um, uh, you, I mean, I don't know if you remember the stories. Remember the snake whistle story? Snake whistle. And then I have one about the four suitcases. Uh, oh, I like the suitcases one. <laughs> yeah. Let's do that yeah, one. I, I, I remember either. the snake one, and also I don't Gosh. want to. <laughs> I need to tell you a story. Really uh, we were in Belize for Christmas, and I had went in the beautiful beach house on the beach and my family was upstairs I don't know what they were doing but I was still on the beach in my chair reading a book and I feel something by my foot my right foot and I look and there's a huge big snake head right by my foot oh, no. and then I look to the right that, oh no 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 eight, eight feet long. oh my gosh it, it was a boa constrictor so <gasps> So oh, I, no, thank I, you. I, I, I jumped on my it. chair and I started screaming like a mad woman. And my husband <laughs> and my youngest son come to the balcony and uh, I hear them say, man, that's a big uh, bleep snake. That's a big. <laughs> you can say it on the show. Yeah. You can say it's a big ass snake. And oh my gosh. Yeah, it's fine. It's I'm like, fine. why? I hate snakes. Why did that snake come to visit me? That was... Anyway, no, I would not read the snake whistle. <laughs> that is hilarious. So after that, after the initial shock of seeing the snake, do you think that it had a meaning? Actually, I do. Uh, <laughs> I'm afraid of snake, and um, and also some people told me your my kundalini is is in uh is really powerful. Was really powerful because. <laughs> So oh. I don't know, because you know the Kundalini, the snake awakens, and so my kundal- uh-huh. my Kundalini is very powerful, and uh, I was I was going to do lots of uh, spiritual projects and all of that, and which might be true, but um, I don't know. Maybe it was just a snake that was in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if it's Kundalini, that that's good too. Uh, I do believe in, I do believe in signs from nature. Um, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, so. me too. I was. Actually, today I was thinking about that because I was sitting outside and I saw this beautiful cardinal and he was just standing there and he was just, you know, singing a little song. But it was like the brightest, most bright red cardinal I've ever seen. And it just he looked just so bright compared to everything else, compared to the trees. And he was just sitting there kind of like looking at me. And I was like, I wonder what that means. (laughs) And then I I looked it up. Um, I mean, I mean, you know, who knows? It could just be folklore 
there might not be any truth to it, but um, some cultures believe that it means it's, you know, a visitor, a messenger, mm. um, maybe someone that passed that's watching over you or um, just a messenger from the other side. Oh. So I thought that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like Who that. Knows? Yeah. Or maybe, uh, you know, the red, the root chakra. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah maybe I... yeah wow beautiful yeah nature nature <laughs> gives us uh give us um um hints all the time and some and what yoga does it kind of sharpens our vision so well we didn't we mm-hmm. have so many opportunities every day and we don't see them but with your guide sharpens our intuition and we can see them uh, yeah so you want you want me to read the four suitcases <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's great. in the chapter, um, chapter three, which is the solar plexus chakra, which is about, you know, owning your own power. And I talk about how when I was growing up, you know, my um, people would tell me, don't, don't do this, don't do that. You know, it's, uh, we're trying to prevent me from following my path because they were worried about me. But I was very stubborn and I kept going. Um, I kept traveling. So it's called the four suitcases. It's the last pa- paragraph of the chapter, of the last part of the chapter. Looking back, I know I did not always carry those suitcases very gracefully. My shoulders were hunched under the weight. My face was red, my hair disheveled, and my breath ragged from the exertion. I took some wrong turns, but I never gave up. I knew I was on the right path because along the corridors of my journey, I started to carry them with more ease, poise, and skill. My first suitcase used to be extremely heavy because it carried my arrogance. I used it as an armor to protect myself until I realized that healthy self-respect is not prideful, it is humble. My case is lighter now that it is filled with caring confidence. My second suitcase was tough to open. It carried my stubbornness. Stubbornness can create limitation of its own, but discipline, its gentler cousin, creates possibilities. Discipline helps me to unlock what seems impossible. My third suitcase had several handles. Anyone could grab a handle from any side. I was often wary of anyone offering help, sometimes with good reasons. But with time, I learned to trust, to accept, and even to ask for help. Those handles represented all the opportunities offered to me so many times. Opportunities became experience. I was ashamed of my fourth suitcase. It was old and battered, of a strange amber color that showed stains. This was the piece of luggage I would have liked to leave behind because its appearance was embarrassing. But strangely, it was the one that contained everything I really needed. It was filled with memories, happy and sad, as well as joyful, silly moments. It was a reminder to honor our differences and not to take ourselves too seriously, especially when we are on the journey of our life. I love that so That's much. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. 
We all have we all have suitcases. I can't. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I feel like yeah. some days they definitely, definitely feel heavier yes. than other days. Yeah. Do you know your suitcases? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I would have to yeah. think about that a little bit. But mm. I, I, I do know that right now mine is really heavy. <laughs> yeah. I definitely, I feel like I know my suitcases. Um. I think mine would be mm-hmm. probably stubbornness um, and worry. Uh, I I don't share a lot, like I've said, like about em- emotional feelings, but I definitely hold stuff yeah. in, like worry and anxiety. So I think that would be one. Oh, yeah, the perfect suitcase, um, huh? <laughs> and perfectionism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or at least yeah, yeah, yeah. like trying, trying yeah. to, mm-hmm. Perfectionist. to make it look like the perfect suitcase. <laughs> Failing, but trying. Yeah, it's... That's awesome. I think those would be mine at yeah, the moment. I, I love, I love, I know the, the Bhagavad Gita has so many pearls of wisdom for a, a, a text that's thousands of years old. And, you know, when I, when I first started doing yoga, I started reading the Gita and it didn't make any sense to me. I didn't understand it. And um, it took me years to to become familiar with it. But they have this saying, they say, yoga is the practice of tolerating the consequences of being yourself. <laughs> so, so, Oh, I yeah, love that. <laughs> so it teaches you to just not become a perfect person, a perfect whatever, or a saint or a Buddha on the mound. It teaches mm-hmm. you to to learn to accept who you are with all your imperfections and realize your imperfections are your beauty. Um, and it's, it's not easy, <laughs> really not easy, but, um, yeah, I think just being, it, it makes you become your truest self. Yes. Which, yeah, like you said, it isn't always easy to be your truest, most authentic self. No, and pe- yeah. but when you do, it's great. <laughs> And sometimes people, I don't know if you remember after what I told you in the training. I know yeah, in the recent sure. training, someone told me, you told us in the training that, you know, um, when you start being a yogi, doing yoga, you will lose some friends. And she said, I didn't understand what you said. Now I understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she said, because sometimes, you know, people, you they think you're changing or maybe you, I don't know, you, yeah. you, liked, yeah. you like to party a lot or you did certain things and now you're more kind of calmer. I don't know that. Um, it's different for everyone, but people don't like it when we when we we change and um, and sometimes you know you end up and it's not that you lose friends you 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 go, you go your separate ways sometimes. Yeah, for sure. And I think because to the outside it looks like you've yeah. changed, but you're actually just becoming more of exactly. yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you you yeah you 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 in that flow. And once you're in the flow, you just, uh, it's just beautiful. Um, yoga, it's like things that, and, and you know, you, you've seen it. I know you and Anastasia, it's like you're on the roll, you're on the flow. Uh, and Felicia as well. I mean, you both Thank do you. that podcast, you, you're like, wow. It's, it's like, oh, I was, I was thinking about it. And, We're being our truest self. And it's happening. <laughs> what you're thinking about in your, in your head, it's happening. The next day you have an opportunity. It's, because you're in the flow. 
And, yeah, definitely. And, yeah, and yoga really. Thank you. Yoga puts you on the floor. <laughs> Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, I I just I'm thinking again, you know, our anniversary of graduating is tomorrow. And it's just crazy to think it's been a year. And it's just a life changing thing that we did. And the funniest part is, is that even halfway, even like towards the end of the training, I was like, I'm not going to teach, you know, I just wanted to do this for my own personal knowledge. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was terrified of having to do our karma teaching oh man I was I was dreading it I was so nervous I was even until I mean even until the maybe the last two months I was like not convinced that I was going to actually teach like I was just like you know I just am doing this for my own knowledge and you know to further my practice and blah 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 and then obviously (laughs) things changed I became more confident and it's not like you forced it. It happened naturally, right? No. Yeah, it, it did. Absolutely. It. Yeah. Uh, I think it was, it's Danielle Laporte. She says, um, uh, being in the floor, and that's yoga, it's, it's when you, you, surf, you surf life force. It's like you're surfing life force. Instead of struggling against everything, you let yourself, you know, you just let yourself be carried. Um, I mean, it doesn't mean you're lazy. It doesn't mean that you just, but you yeah, you just go yeah. with the flow of life instead of forcing. Do you remember things. in the training we learned about um, the two rules of spiritual life, Abhyasa and Varajya? Remember how Abhyasa was like, uh, it was the discipline, the commitment. And because, uh, you know, you mm-hmm. need to do the work. Uh, the flow sometimes takes some work. But then once you've done the work and the, you do the practice, then you have to let go and surrender. And uh, that's what yoga is. It's a pro- Absolutely. You have to trust yourself and trust the universe. Yeah. But you do have to work oh, hard yeah. too. Oh, yeah. It's not for sissies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, people are like, you know, just manifest, manifest a million dollars or, you know, meditate about a million dollars and it'll, you know, it'll show up. And it's like, actually, I mean, that's a great concept, but you actually have to put in the work exactly. too. <laughs> you know, I mean, you can manifest opportunities into your life and then you have to do the hard work. Exactly. It's, 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 a, it's the work, the practice, and then, you know, you surrender to the flow and trust. And maybe you're not meant to have that million dollars. You know, the universe knows better. Mm-hmm. Maybe the universe is like, no, not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so thank you so much, Christine, for taking this time with us. It's been so amazing catching up with you and having you as our very first guest. Oh, it's been really I special. I'm so honored and so happy to have spent uh, all this time with you and, and talking with you. That was wonderful. And I wish you the best of luck. And um, I wish you to continue being in the flow uh, with your podcast and your yoga and um yeah, if I can help you with anything, you know, you can always reach out to me. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, thank Christine. You. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. We do have one more question, just okay. really quick in okay. closing. Um, just, you know, to, to close our episode. Um, do you have any advice for new or aspiring teachers? If you could give a little bit, maybe one or two of your best pieces of advice for any new yoga teachers. Okay, as a new yoga teacher, um, again, uh, I would try to to start with ease, um, 
to teach to teach what makes your heart sing. You know, for example, you do not like to um, you don't like kids. Don't go teach yoga for kids. <laughs> <laughs> True. So, and I know sometimes you tell yoga teacher yeah. teach everywhere, t- teach what teach you everywhere, like. teach everything. But um, I would recommend maybe um, you know teach what really makes you happy because yoga should never be a burden. Mm-hmm. And I would. My second mm-hmm. piece of advice, I keep practicing, keep practicing, keep practicing yourself. Do not lose your personal practice. Do not lose your personal practice because then it would become, uh, it could become a burn. So keep the joy of yoga. So actually that would be my first advice. Keep practicing, keep the joy of yoga and then find, find your niche, find, find what you love in yoga and this is what uh, you will teach. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, Yes, thank you so much for sharing that. Also, before you go, um, so can you just tell everybody where they can find you, like on social media um, or anything like that, if you want any new followers? (laughs) And your website. Yeah, your website. Uh, Well, it's easy. Uh, I'm the yin traveler. Yin traveler, because I love yin, and yin means to be, you know, mindful. So uh, traveling through the world or traveling through life mindfully. So yintraveler.com, that's my website. And yin traveler on Instagram and yin traveler on Facebook or Christine Gerber Griggs too on Facebook. And my book, you can find my book on Amazon. And um, I'm, I'm writing, uh, I, I'm hoping to publish a book of yoga poems by the end of the year. And lots of them would be uh, um, inspired by my traveling, spiritual lessons from traveling and from life. So uh, oh, that's so exciting. Cool. Yeah, so all of this. If you want, I, I send a newsletter sometimes. I've been pretty lazy about lately. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> if you want to sign up, uh, go on my website and give me your email address. And I will send you my next newsletter and keep you updated about events I have coming up. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm teaching awesome. I'm, I'm teaching meditation on Facebook Live. I did a one-week series on the chakras, but now I'm doing it every Tuesday morning at 8. Uh, I do a meditation Facebook Live, so if you want to join. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for sharing that with our, with our listeners so they know where to find you. You're welcome. And thank you so and much. And thank you again for being on our episode. It was so great to talk to you. Amazing. Well, we're so glad we got to spend the night talking to you. Thank you, Christine. Thank you so much. Namaste. 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 Okay. Namaste. Bye-bye. Um, just want to say really quick, thank you again to our awesome guest, Christine Griggs. Um, we really appreciate having you on our podcast on episode two our very first guest. So thank y'all for listening to our second episode of Yogi Confessions podcast. Until next time. Namaste. Namaste.